Today's episode of Who Weekly is brought to you by The CW. Watch new episodes of Superman and Lois on Tuesdays at 9, 8 central or stream free next day on The CW app. You will drain us. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And here's a headline from Just Jared, as usual. Croods 2 remains at number one at the box office, close to becoming top grossing film of pandemic. Do you know what that means, Lindsay? What would it have to beat to be number one? Tenet. Oh, <laughs> damn it. My name's Eve. Big it stops. And we're the world's first family. The Croods. <laughs> The number one movie of the pandemic may be Croods 2 and not Tenet. I love how angry that probably makes Christopher Nolan. It makes me angry, honestly. I feel like it makes me angry. I'd rather watch Croods 2 forwards and backwards than watch Tenet ever again, I think. There was one funny... No, I'd rather watch Tenet again. I'd watch Tenet a million times. There was one funny part of this weekend's (laughs) SNL that made me laugh, which was there was some skit about going crazy during pandemic. Oh, Loco. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, the Loco. funniest part of that sketch, which was uh, only kind of funny, was when Pete David said that he was so crazy he understood Tenet. He's like, what's the problem? Like, I get it fully. <laughs> I got it fully in one viewing. Like, yeah. does that make me crazy? And I was like, whoa, that's actually really funny. <laughs> I've gone so crazy, I understood Tenet. Like, the whole thing, I didn't even have one question. I saw it and was like, yep, that all makes sense. So either I'm smarter than all of my friends of the sketches that I watched, that was my favorite. Reggae Jean. Reggae Jean on SNL. Killing Reggae it. Jean. Everyone loved it. Everyone it was, loved it. It was something. He was definitely playing off that sexy that sexy reputation. The, well, the I was thinking about it. I was thinking the driver's license sketch sort of made me full body cringe. Couldn't watch that. Um, yeah, had that to skip was, forward. And then I was tough. like, oh, and then they were doing the bridge. And I was like, no, not the bridge. I can't do this. Um, but the... The thing about Reggae Jean Page that I finally realized, I don't know why it took me so long to realize, was we were talking about like, oh, it's interesting that like Bridgerton wins out in so many ways. There's always like a new Netflix show that everyone's talking about for two seconds, but Bridgerton feels like the one that people are talking about for maybe like four or five seconds. Yeah. And, you know, he got the SNL gig. Well, what I thought about what finally makes sense is that Bridgerton is not only a huge show, but it's going to have like a revolving door of cast members. So like Regajan isn't necessarily going to be a lead anymore. No. So he has the time and he needs to do a pivot in it's the way that a lot of pan. other shows don't need it. Right. Yeah. He can't so, wait on this. He has to do it exactly. now if it's offered to him. Yeah. And Which I is a luxury like, too. What's so funny though about SNL is they play off of the stereotypes of you based on characters you've played. But because you only mm-hmm. had one that was notable, that was what was so funny to me about the episode because every every thing was about how he's sexy you know like Mm -hmm. it just was so funny and even in the opening he was like i've played a lawyer and i've i've been on roots and i was like wow you sound like who weekly the podcast like it just was so (laughs) funny (laughs) watching that happen in real time he's scrolling through his own imdb this time instead of us doing it right Right. but then i was also watching his monologue which was really charming yeah i was thinking about like (laughs) imagining any literally Anyone from the Queen's Gambit, except maybe Mariel Heller. Like I'd watch Mariel Heller on SNL, but Gambit, you love to the Netflix shows. I love that Bridgerton beat the Queen's Gambit because I really did not like the Queen's Gambit. And knowing that, like people are completely not talking about that show anymore. That show is gone. I know it is true. It's kind of nice to me. It's almost like. People still mention Tiger King, but Queen's Gambit is not even yeah. part of the conversation. Because Tiger King will always be the, how the pandemic started. You know, it will always have <laughs> yes, that Tiger King designation. did cause the pandemic. It's true. We'll never it caused forget. The pandemic. We'll never forget. The it. other piece of breaking news that I put in here was so funny. So Elizabeth Hurley, one of the greatest trolls. I saw this headline on The Hollywood Life. Elizabeth Hurley... 8.30 a.m. this was posted. 8.30 a.m. on a Monday. <laughs> this was somebody's Elizabeth. first post of the day. <laughs> right, right. Which means they probably got up at 6 a.m. and had to prepare this pose, like put it in the CMS. So it says, Elizabeth Hurley, 55, poses in the sand while wearing sexy white bikini. So I'm like, okay, I don't really need to see this. And like my RSS reader doesn't, it doesn't embed well. So like I couldn't see the photo oh. first. And I was like, it's fine. I know what it looks like. I had to click it. Sure enough, she's posing in the sand but wearing a sexy white bikini. I got it. You can imagine what it looks like. And her caption, though, is the best. It says, I'm going to quote Hollywood Life's write-up of the caption because it's great journalism. 
quote, cheer yourself up in these miserable times and treat yourself in anticipation of sunnier days ahead. Again, she's in a post, she's in a sexy white bikini. She captioned her post, noting that the white two-piece, which is part of the brand's Lulu bikini style, is currently 40% off. And this weekend only, it's an extra 30% off in the Elizabeth Hurley Beach White Edit sale. Well, as soon like, as I oh noticed God. how many bikinis Elizabeth Hurley is selling, I realize why we're getting this Elizabeth Hurley in bikinis thing full force. But I I kind of thought it was like, oh, you know, it's kind of like a white label situation. She's like working with a different company. It's like her Mm -hmm. line of Mm bikinis. No, it's like a serious Elizabeth Hurley bikini selling operation. Like it is a full on operation. It's an industry. It's an industry. And so it's so funny to me because I kind of thought, you know, she's posing bikinis, getting press. Like that's great for her in general. But no, this is like specifically to sell bikinis. It's a fascinating industry. Ron Howard's making a movie about it. It's called Hurley versus Ratajkowski. Stop it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm Chris sorry, Bale's but M. Rada has nothing on Elizabeth Hurley's bikini operation. Sorry. No. Like, I'm sure she sells some bikinis, but Elizabeth well, Hurley also, is manu- invented the word bikini over here. She is rolling them also, out. Also, Elizabeth Hurley's bikinis are, like, They're wearable. For, I know. I, I know. They're ma- I right. It's true. It's true. Although I wouldn't argue that Elizabeth Hurley is like, bikinis for every woman. She's like, here's a me in a sexy bikini. Like At the end of this, the end of this photo of her in the bikini of Elizabeth Hurley's actual caption is, parentheses, and no, I'm not on the beach. This was last February. <laughs> Anybody yeah. who I can get to say, hey, if you, if we had a camera now, I'd say, hey, Andy, take yes, a picture. It's I not all to. my stuff. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? If we're on holiday together, see, I said holiday, not vacation. Yes. But if we're on vacation together, Sure, he'll take some pictures. Right. And you know what? He's got a really good eye and he's studying photography. Okay, what's first on this list? Because all of that was breaking news. We uh, have technically, this but headline. not fully. This headline is sort of an innocuous headline. It's very Daily Mail y, a name you'd never heard of, and then another name you never heard of, and then a whole lot of drama in between those two names. So it says Bryn Edelston debuts new boyfriend after bouncing back from bankruptcy following her failed marriage to billionaire Jeffrey. And so. This headline was in here because it's a funny headline. It's very Daily Mail. But this actually opened up an insane can of worms that took us through essentially all of Australia's history. Probably oh. the most important the most important story in Australian history, I would say. Oh, really? Not the one that they this did guy. in the movie Australia? Not that story? What is that story? I never saw that movie. I actually don't you know, know what never the saw story it? is, but I just assume that they did the most important story. What's like it about? Nicole Kidman, Russell Crowe, the <laughs> no, most I mean, important I know. story in Australian history. No, I don't know. Not. I've never seen it. No, it's uh, it's Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. But I assume <laughs> Russell Crowe was there. Isn't he Australian? He's Australian, but I'm not sure he was there in the he movie. He was there. Everybody was there. Every Australian actor was there. Would you like to hear a story? What story? Ah, uh, well, there's a girl. And there's a uh, sort of magic man. And there's a big, like a storm. Japan sweeps the South Pacific, heading toward Australia. Anyway, the story takes place in a, um... Well, a faraway land. So this woman, Bryn, is famous because she married this billionaire Jeffrey in 2009. And I was like, is there anything else I'm missing here? No, that's why she's famous. She was plucked from obscurity because this guy met her in Las Vegas, this billionaire who is much older than she is, which is part of the story. Oh, he's this older guy who seduces this younger woman and they fall in love. She moves to Australia for him. They get all these profiles together. They have a, a in wedding. In case you're wondering what older, is... younger we're talking about here, it's 40 years. 40 year age 40 gap. Years. So, 40 years. And just, you know, let's, we're not even, it's not talking, we're not talking about like a matter of 10 years. We're talking about 40 years. 40 years. So if you scroll down, I put the story in. Page six covered them soon after they got engaged. And there was a story with the headline, congrats, but who are you? In November of 2009. And it's because they were pulling in American celebrities to like do promo for them, I'm sure paying them a ton of money. And the American celebrities they chose were Fran Drescher, Jason Alexander, and um, Dr. Phil, among other what? people. But those are the Wait, big ones. Wait, to do promo for their marriage? Yes. And if you if you read the full story, Jason Alexander and Fran Drescher are narrating this movie that they star in, Bryn and Joffrey. So they were paid by this billionaire to narrate yes. a movie. Wow. It's like... 
It's that like was cameo basically the elite, wedding invitation. Elite yes, cameo. it was basically a wedding invitation being like, here's the story of how we met. And guess who they got to direct this movie? Gary Marshall, director of no, Pretty Woman and Overboard. R.I.P. R.I.P. Now, I'm devastated to know that she didn't know that I was there. You were there as well. I was there as well. We've got video evidence on our Instagram and all that stuff now. Here's the thing. We, we knew far more people at Bryn Edelston's wedding than she did. And now we've got Bryn with us. Do you stand by the comment you made in the Stella magazine, Bryn? Hello, Bryn. I do. I mean, looking back, I know from photos, like now I recognise you guys, but at the time I really didn't know anyone in Australia hardly at all, so I didn't really know you guys. So they've been like hooey, hooey, hooey forever. She became sort of reality star famous after this. They broke up at some point. I mean, this is what he does. He marries younger women. And then he says, I'm no longer sexually attracted to you. He's very blunt about it. Mm. And then he dumps them. And then he finds a new younger woman, even younger woman. Um, and he's a sleaze bag. He was in prison for a while in the in the 80s in Australia because he allegedly hired a hitman to assault one of his patients. He's like a he owned oh this God. chain of medical clinics that he was very bad at paying his bills. So he was in a lot of financial trouble. And at some point he offered this hitman money to assault one of his patients, allegedly. And the hitman, like, it got out and got to the cops. And so they arrested him. And he was like, and he was like, I was just soliciting. I was just asking him a question. I didn't actually pay him to do it. So Bryn is American, though. And he's Australian. She was a fitness instructor. And then she got her on reality shows after it. She was on Dancing then with the Stars. She was on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. I think you have to have trust in a marriage. Whether that trust is broken one time or 50 times, at some point you learn that if it's not there, it's just never going to be there. You caught Jeff dallying with other ladies. He was cheating. Then there were stories that went around that you'd been cheating. Is that true or not? Absolutely not. And really, if and I don't think anyone's that interested, but if they were, if they want to look at the times when Jeff says I was cheating, when he says I was at Eve Nightclub cheating, I was overseas filming my show. She made a lot of money, then she lost a lot of money. But he has an ex that we talked about in 2018. Gabby Gecko, right? Who he was with for like a year. They got in, they got married and then they broke up she very also, very quickly. She also like <laughs> spun off her spun that off into like a career. Jeffrey Edelston's new companion, Gabby Greco, says she is in love with the flamboyant former doctor. The 24-year-old model and fashion designer from New York certainly turned heads when attending AFL great Tom Hafey's memorial service on Monday. But is there more to Greco? than her eye-catching appearance. Scoopler. Stars. Gossip. Hype. We exclusively went behind the scenes with Gabby Greco at her Maxim magazine cover shoot, and the model slash DJ dished all the dirty secrets about her fiancé, Jeffrey Edelston. Exclusive. So if I'm correct, he has some number plates that say macho, spunky, and sexy. Yeah, I have seen it. Do you have, like, a sassy number plate or something like that? It would say Vance. Um, I'm going to get a black helmet. He's very uh, sarcastic. Like, constantly. She a model, a DJ, and of course, Jeffrey Edelston's new love. Gabby joins us now live from Melbourne on a beautiful morning. Gabby, good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning, okay? I'm, I'm pretty good. Can Thank you, you. Can you believe the reaction you have had here in Australia and what's been a very short trip thus far? Uh, kind of, yeah. Um, it's, 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 uh, I'm not sure what people think of me, to be honest. Well, you, you've come uh, out with Jeffrey. Where, where did you two lovebirds meet? We met uh, somewhere between Columbus Circle and the Lincoln Center. And yeah, it's actually kind of. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a career path. And being she with met this him guy. on the streets of New York. <laughs> yes. Well, there's a profile of them together in Medium from a couple of years ago, and it says, "Since meeting Dr. Edelston." Either in the streets of New York, what he told us, at a fashion show, what she told us, or on a sugar daddy website, what everyone else thinks. Ms. Greco has become both the love of Jeffrey's life and the bane of his existence, primarily due to her penchant for outrageous publicity stunts. You know she looks like? Brooke Candy. She has that yeah, vibe, definitely. if you're wondering what she looks like. Definitely. But they weren't together that long. She was. She seems like his most interesting oh, yeah. girlfriend. And that she's like into fashion and music, has a very specific vibe. In 2015, they split up, but then they got back together, which is why we talked about them in 2018. Because wasn't she converting in... to Judaism for him? Yes, for him. For him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And then 
And we talked about the funny headline, which was like they started sexting to keep their romance right, alive. Right. The headline sexting from the headline alive. from um, June of 2018 was "Here Comes the Bride." Gabby Greco, 28, is converting to Judaism to remarry Jeffrey Edelstein, 75, in a Jewish synagogue. <laughs> dot dot dot. As she admits to sexting to keep their romance alive. A lot of like potential conversions happening. Did you see Azalea Banks is engaged and is probably I converting to Judaism? Definitely saw. Well, definitely saw Trisha. Trisha Paytas is way ahead of her. She's been trying to convert to Judaism for months now. Well, I guess to be fair, Azalea doesn't appear to think that she's converting. I, I think, think she, she thinks, thinks she's the conversion Jewish. happened. Yeah, she is already. She's already Jewish. Jewish. Yeah. She posted a photo of her engagement ring. Um, we can't get into Azalea Banks and Ryder Rips, but they're allegedly engaged. I mean, according to themselves. Yeah. And Azalea wrote, I just got engaged. I'm crying. I'm Jewish now. Mazel tov, bitches. I love it. <laughs> it's like, like it's, it's she found a new way. I mean, this is what I thought. This is what I, when Trisha also did this, I was like, wow, an incredible new angle on trolling, which is wanting to be Jewish. Pesach, Salveh. Happy Passover, everyone. Today is the first night of Passover, so I wanted to wish you guys a very happy Passover. Um, of course, so many people are like, Trisha, you're not Jewish. And to that I say, I was not born Jewish, but I tend to gravitate towards Jewish people in my life. But uh, the funny thing, and we don't have to keep talking about Bryn Edelston, but the funny thing is, she's with the Mystery Man now, right now. That's why we're talking about her. But if you if you search Bryn Edelston Mystery Man, she's with the different Mystery Man like every six months. I love her. She never cares about identifying these people. She's just with the new mystery man and like gets a new one. I love that she spun this off into her own vibe. She didn't even have to like be with this guy for that long. No. And she gets to still no. stay in Australia. But this guy really, this Jeffrey Edelston He's seems like a slum, scum bag, scum bag. Put a sock on it. Why does she keep his last, she still has his last name or is this old? Yeah, yeah. She kept his last name? She keeps name? the last name. Okay. Yeah. Put a sock on it. Bryn Edelston goes barefoot with blistered toes at an event in Melbourne, dot, 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 as she cozies up to a new mystery man. That was 2020. I'm that sorry. That was like right before COVID. She had blisters at an event with a new man? <laughs> yeah. That was right before COVID. I think that was what? Fe yeah, February 2020. There she is. Oh there she is. Blisters. God. Blisters. To be fair, she does have blisters. And when I looked at these photos, I was like, I've seen these photos before. I clicked this headline before oh, COVID. Oh, this is so rude. This is so mm -hmm. rude. She casually took her <laughs> shoes off and they're zooming into her feet. Oh, man. I do feel bad about that. That is my nightmare. That's that my, is my nightmare. nightmare. Have, you, um, have you seen any guys you like there? Are you, are you ready to date yet? Last thing I want is another relationship. <laughs> really? So you're, you're just, just taking it easy, having fun girl time right now, right? Definitely. I love my girlfriends. baby is in a feud with Jojo Siwa, but not really. God, thank God. Thank God this got cleared up before we went on the air. Well, it's also you know? funny because it was like, <laughs> okay, what happened? <laughs> So DaBaby released a new like freestyle track and it's on YouTube. I think he just released it on YouTube. Maybe it's on streaming. Doesn't matter. The point is it was accompanied by a video and it's like pretty long. It's good. It's like the, the musicality is not part of this. But in one of the lines, he references Jojo Siwa as in Bo Jojo as in recently come out Jojo. As but he holds in, up a phone with a picture of her on phone. it. So it's pretty. It's not like did I mishear him say Jojo Siwa? He's saying Jojo Siwa. And the line is, um, part of the line is, you a bitch, Jojo Siwa, you a bitch. You a bitch, Jojo Siwa, bitch. Which is pretty black and white, right? That's pretty clear, Jojo Siwa, you a bitch. Billboard wrote about it and they said, DaBaby seemingly insults Jojo Siwa in new beatbox freestyle and fans are confused. And I was like, seemingly, he calls her a bitch twice in one but line. But also it's funny That's because people insult. were like, what's going on? Like, did... What did the, what did Jojo Siwa do to the baby? Like I just love that people were like, "What did Jojo Siwa do to this man?" <laughs> and it's and it, and Twitter was very like protect Jojo Siwa at cute. all costs. It was cute. It was cute. And so he, as Lindsay pointed out, he's holding up a photo of Jojo Siwa. So it's like not to be confused. Like he's not not mentioning Jojo Siwa. He's talking about Jojo Siwa. And so there are a lot of tweets. Everyone's making fun of this. They're like, oh my God, this is so rude. What is DaBaby thinking? We thought we loved DaBaby. We love DaBaby. We stand him. Why is he picking fights with a 17-year-old? What's the, the problem But the answer here? is great. Because he The tweets, answer is great. He's a genius. He tweets directly at JoJo Siwa. He says, my three-year-old princess is your number one fan. I bought her every product you have out. She thinks she's you. Don't let them trick you into thinking I'd ever have a problem with you. My wordplay just went over their heads. All love on my end, Jody. Keep shining. And I was like wordplay like what is the wordplay in jojo siwa this is so fun all of a sudden right and then he quote tweets someone else uh, someone named tanya responds to the baby and is like 
Bay, I don't see wa as an SIWA, they so mad at you. And then DaBaby quote tweeted and said, I don't see wa, they so mad either, Bay. So see wa is see what? And I was like, oh my God, he's a genius. I'm just going to quote Basa because they, they did a succinct explanation that like I can't improve. That's when some fans, I love the journalistic, that's when some fans jumped in to explain their interpretation of the JoJo reference, explaining that the name drop was simply a play on words, not a diss. JoJo equals Jonathan, DaBaby's first name. Siwa equals CY. So in the song, he's not calling the child star a bitch, but saying, you a bitch, and JoJo sees why. Which is like, okay, he's a genius. That's great. <laughs> Amazing wordplay. He has great wordplay. He buys also, his daughter all of JoJo's stuff. Also, he caused the commotion, stuff. and he knew it, and it's kind of genius. And JoJo is not going to respond. Okay, great. He doesn't care. And if she does, but the thing is, she could respond, and she'll respond positively. And then, like, they'll collaborate, you know? So JoJo <laughs> is short for Jonathan, and that's his name. JoJo sees, sees why you're a bitch. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He's JoJo. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they're both... He's Jonathan and she's Joel, Joel Joni. It's funny Jojo. too because it's like he he ha- the proof that like his kid loves Jojo and he engages with Jojo stuff is the proof that he would even use her in a freestyle. Like he right. knows her. Countless parents on the face of this planet. They are inundated with Jojo Seawall content every every hour of their lives. I love it. Step to the phone like they're all alone. Hide behind the screen cuz it's just so mean, but we don't play it like that. We don't even fight back. All of the words just brush it off. What's next year? Oh, Jason Sudeikis has a new page three love. We went from Australia to the United States to the UK. This is a very mm-hmm. UK story because something we haven't talked about, although we've talked about Jordan, aka Katie Price before is the page three girl, which I didn't know a ton mm-hmm. about. And I actually didn't really know that Katie Price was a page three girl until this because the page three girl comes from the British tabloid history vault where on there used to be this section called page three where it was just topless girls. That was like part mm-hmm. of the news. It'd be like the news and also like topless models, kind of like how you'd have like a pinup, you know, but mm-hmm. in the newspaper, yeah, pinups, right? there'd yeah. be a pinup essentially. And there were these women that were the page three models who kind of got famous from being regulars in the page three tabloid pages, which is how, again, Jordan and this girl, Keely Hazel, Keely Hazel, Keely Hazel, Keely Hazel. Mm-hmm. So apparently... She is maybe dating Jason Sudeikis, but the but the evidence is kind of all there. I believe it. So he went to the UK to write and film. I don't know, write and film, but he definitely wrote and film one of and starred in and starred in uh, Ted Lasso, which I love that show. I have to say, I like it. Just the sweetest, it's very cute. Just the sweetest show on Apple. It's Plus. a sweetie show. Anyways, I can't lie. I can't lie. I liked it. No, yeah, it's very very sweet. And in that show, none other than Juno Temple, who who is typecast more than most actresses, plays Mm -hmm. a page three girl, a very British thing to play, named Keely. Who other... Well, she plays a model. They don't don't define her as a page three girl. But her personality and attitude is definitely alluding to the fact that she's like a pinup model as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, I didn't... I wouldn't have known that until now, but now that I'm seeing it, I'm like, oh, this is a reference to that type of model. You know, because right. she's not like a she's not a high fashion model. She's just like a working model who does stuff for like the newspapers, and she's very famous sense. among like men. Do you want to see a movie later? What the fuck is wrong with you? What? I asked you if you want to go get coffee with me yesterday, and you said you were busy. I was busy. You never texted me back last night. Yeah, I was busy. What about the kiss? You took off like it was a shit kiss, and it was not a shit kiss. I was on fire. I agree. So what is your fucking problem, Roy? Listen. I'm a professional footballer. I have had a million one-night stands. So have I. Great. I don't know why we're bragging about it. Neither do I. And I always feel empty. Well, not the, the first part. Of... No, at first they're wicked. <laughs> yeah, fucking great. But when it's all done, I feel like... Like shit. Exactly. So, as it turns out, this character is based on this woman that Jason Sudeikis knows... Allegedly. And has allegedly been seeing, named Keely Hazel. And Keely Hazel is a page... Or used to be a page three girl because page three kind of fell out. They stopped doing it. There was like big people were not. Some people were not into it. Well, let me put that that to you, uh, Chloe Goodman. Innocent and old fashioned 
or were you exploited? Um, I disagree that people feel that they were exploited. Um, as like any young women of today's society, they are given lots of choices in career options, many of whom do choose to do page three because it's something they wish to do. And I don't agree with um, the fact that, yes, there are feminist groups, but why should feminist pe uh, women then tell other women how to live their lives? That's something that, you know, women fought together to, to get the vote and so on and so forth. So why are women now fighting each other and telling each other what job roles to now take within the industry? Well, the what I can't believe is like, her name is actually Keely in this. Yeah, like it's, that, it's, it's pretty so straightforward. And Keely herself is in the show. She's the new boyfriend of that guy, Rupert. Yeah, girlfriend. Yeah, girlfriend. Girlfriend. She's the new boyfriend of the guy, Rupert, but She's not whatever. She's the new whatever. girlfriend of the guy, Rupert. Why do you but keep saying like, boyfriend? <laughs> I know, I don't know why I keep saying, actually coming. She's the new girlfriend of that, of one of the other players. Uh -huh. But like, I was, I was sort of like sus about this. But then when you look at all the details, it's like, there are a lot of coincidences happening here. That's and not what that I'm those saying. could be just coincidences, but like, I believe that Jason Sudeikis did this. Clearly a lot of people know you from your wonderful modeling work. I mean, do you find that helps or hinders you as you try and make a mark as a serious actress? You know what, I think it's a bit of both. I think, um... It's, it doesn't help in the fact, being a model, you're not taking us seriously. So I have to prove myself, and I've had to do that for the last three years, keep trying to you know, work at it and be like, I'm serious at what I do. Um, then also helps kind of getting into the door for certain roles, so I can go in for certain things. So like, oh, she was a model, and you know, she looks a certain way, so we can get her in for this. So that's, that's good. Hopefully I'll use that, get in. Um, so yeah, a bit of both. I mean, what's funny is they keep saying the headline is "Key to His Heart." Page three girl Keely Hazel's secret dates with Harry Styles, Hollywood love rival Jason Sudeikis. So like they're calling Jason Sudeikis Harry Styles' Hollywood love rival. So they're timing it up to be like, oh, he's seeing her because like his ex-wife is like fucking around with Harry Styles. I think he's been knowing this girl for a long time. He wrote her into the show. When was the show written? a while ago yeah well it says that they met when they filmed horrible bosses 2 together so it's sort of like they're on they're like um, they're not quite saying that anything happened before olivia wilde before they broke up before olivia right. wilde and jason stegas right. broke up but it's like they're trying to put all the pieces there so that you make that assumption you know mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. that's that's how this story reads to me it's like oh he first met her in 2014 and they yeah. no, they've been friends ever since. Yeah. And it's like, oh, interesting. Yeah. They don't want to cross the finish line. You I mean, know, we also and, don't and, and know us. how what went into the demise of this marriage. Like, mm -hmm. maybe there's no part of it. But like, yes, they met on the set because she was a page three girl in two thousand four and then she started acting after that and has been mm -hmm. like pretty like acting, you know? Yeah, she's actually acting. Small parts in various stuff. Yeah. Hi, I'm Keely and welcome to Bite Me. This is where we take the jargon out of technology. Now you've guessed it, I'm no technology expert, but I'd like to learn more. And lucky for me, I've got a group of friends who reassured me they can teach me anything. Now the one thing I want is a new computer. And like many of you, I don't know where to start. So I'm gonna go and meet Gary, as I know he can help me out. Hey Gary, you don't look very busy actual relationship here not just remote relationship megan them is dating party fontaine partisan fontaine who, God, partisan is such name, a cool name your nickname is it's party the name. that's yeah. sick so partisan. they're dating she finally kind of admitted she said that she was seeing someone she was like i have a boyfriend he loves me blah blah, blah. i'm blessed but she finally named him and Didn't now she there's name him in an instagram live yeah, she named him in an Instagram live and someone, <laughs> I love this tweet. Someone was like, Megan and her laggy internet said party is her boo. Stop playing with him. He wouldn't hurt a fly. And I Megan love that they called her it her laggy internet. internet. <laughs> Megan and her laggy internet. Let's play a game. What's the game? What's the game? Let's play. Mm-hmm. Go What's on. the game? Let's play um Truth of Dare. Mm -hmm. 
Dude. So Party is Meg's boyfriend, apparently. And he made this like Valentine's Day treat for so her. Cute. Party with a hottie. Menu. Party menu. with a hottie. So and the the menu looks very good. She's it's a hottie, get it? Hot white rice, a California veggie blend. What a California vet whatever. Don't they grow like every vegetable okay, in I'm California? Not, we're not going but over cheddar the, mashed we're potatoes. Not go over the menu. Menu That's looks very sweet. Do, Valentine's yeah. Day stuff. But I was sort of like, why does this name ring a bell? Because I think he's a who. But yeah, I think but he's I've a who heard by of design. him. But I've heard of him before. Why? Because he's an iconic ghostwriter. He's like oh, an wow. I iconic, not oh, in, in the loose way. He writes. He wrote all of he Cardi. He writes basically all of Cardi's songs. He yeah. co-wrote WAP. Which is funny because he like, he's Cardi every Cardi hit. and she's Cardi. Yes. Listen, this is Partisan Fontaine. Party if you nasty. Papa P, the pastor, the poverty power ranger, the section eight sex symbol, the orange at orgasm. And these are my essentials. Party and Cardi. <laughs> and Cardi and Party are old friends, like pre-love and hip hop right, friends. Like if you go to Cardi's in Instagram. York, he's a New York guy. Yes. Yeah. And they've been friends forever. And and the thing about Cardi, like, people always try to, um, we're veering into them ter- territory, but it it does go back to Hootam here. But, like, people always try to, like, do gotchas with Cardi where it's like, you don't write your own raps. And she's, and like, she's always know. like, yeah, I know I don't. <laughs> I also <laughs> yeah, okay, love yeah. that, like, I feel like he must be a good boyfriend because he puts himself in the shoes of a woman to write music. So he's, like, mm-hmm. he's, like, empathetic. This is my he's guess. This about is my guess. Thinking, my he's guess. thinking about the 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 experience he's of being a woman. thinking about the pleasure and experience of a woman, therefore mm-hmm. able to rap as Cardi. And like, you know, she's explicit. So I'm just saying yeah. like, he must be, you know, he must know what's going on. Yeah. He must. So anyway, they're dating. And I was like, okay, what's more about this guy? The New Yorker wrote this really long, good profile of him as a ghostwriter. And it was tied to the fact that like, he basically wrote, all of Invasion of Privacy, her first but album. But more importantly, he wrote Bodak Yellow, which was like her big, the big it, Which was her big sort Huge of breakthrough, song. breakout right. hit. And it's really kind of fascinating. And they mentioned that he ghost wrote for Kanye West as well. And the Kanye West stuff opened up the story, which I didn't even remember. I didn't know this happened. So a couple of years ago, Kanye just went on record. I mean, Kanye also does the thing where he's like, I collaborate with a million people. Like, it takes a village to write a song. Like, uh-huh. that's kind of his whole vibe, too, that's where it's true like, for, I have for producers coming in left and right, left, right. Every, uh, he, so many artists, yeah. Right. And he's like very open about the people he works with. He likes lifting them up many times, uh, like often. And at one point, he tweeted, Partisan Fontaine wrote the Violent Crimes verses. I changed two lines. He wrote the entire song, though. And so it's sort of like he's the ghost in the industry. And apparently he party got kind of mad at that. And so here's what he told GQ at the time. He said, nobody needed to know that. I hit him about that. I was like, that's not why I do that. He was working in service of Kanye. He means not for credit. Maybe it's also that he doesn't want the world to know him in that context. Ghostwriting for Kanye, his idol, or Cardi, his friend, is an exception. Partisan Fontaine wants to be known as a rapper in his own right. The writer seems like the the writer's taking a few liberties with this. He didn't say that explicitly. The writer is assuming. The writer is assuming, but it's like the point that he's trying to make is that like he doesn't want to be known as a ghostwriter. He wants to lay low because he wants to start his own career. The writer should ask that directly instead of like implying that that's the case because since then that was in 2000 when was this written uh 2018 okay so it's been it's been almost three years and he's still doing prolific ghostwriting for cardi so i'm just saying like maybe that's maybe that's not the case maybe he does like being a ghostwriting yeah so and i'm sure that's extremely lucrative and it sort of seems like that's how we met meg too that's all because I'm saying. It's like he met his girlfriend and he has an amazing career writing. When people realize that being behind the scenes is a little more fun. And also freeing. Like he can remain a who. Even Although if how long can you remain a who about if you're dating? Kanye calling him out. Because I think the thing is like when you're a ghostwriter, it's like sometimes you do want the credit. But sometimes when you're writing from the perspective of the person you're writing for, it doesn't make sense for you to have that like... You, mm-hmm. you want the money, but maybe not the credit because it doesn't really make sense. It's like a performance mm-hmm. piece. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. ruins yeah, no, the illusion. It's not as fun. Mm-hmm. But it's just like he's one of those people who has just gotten a million profiles about this. Yeah. Like about his thing. But still, I think he stays under the radar because it's just like, it's just not as interesting as the headliners. You know, like you could write about him left and right. You can write about him all day. But it's like the ghostwriter will never be as interesting, I think, broadly as the actual performer. He has music out too. Like he's not, I mean. Yeah, he does. He's not like fully silent or whatever like mm-hmm. he is his uh, real name is jordan thorpe by the way yeah really he's really cute oops yeah I so they're dating up. he's a who to play me in a movie 
It'll have to be uh, Idris Elba, you know what I mean? It have to be, because I feel like the resemblance is definitely there. And then I think he's the only person that could like embody my whole persona. So I would have to go with Idris. Okay, Lindsay, let's do some Spawn. This is Spawn. Let's open by saying loudly and proudly, this is Spawn. I'm proud. You know we love the CW. I'm loud and in, I'm proud. Uh, and I love watching Over TV. in the Hooniverse. So the CW is very good at cultivating who's, finding new who's for us to focus on, finding thems who create Greg this Berlanti, really I guess, is the them here. This really took me into a K-hole of who's because there's there's rarely, there's not really anyone on this show that I already kind of knew about. I mean, there was <laughs> no. some, we'll get there, but there's a few, but it it's true though. And Superman and Lois Lane, iconic thems to I guess the world, but also me because I love this is Superman and Lois on the CW. I know. Can it live up to the, the original, which is one of your faves? Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, <laughs> which is one of my favorite shows from childhood. The OG Terry Hatcher vehicle. <laughs> mm -hmm. My childhood crush. My childhood air quotes That's crush. That's so true. Your childhood crush. I know. I had. I had a cutout of Terry Hatcher on my bulletin board. Do you think it was because you loved board. journalism and Lois was a journalist? So you were like, wow, I love how she reports the news. I'm not. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Just wondering. <laughs> I don't think this was a very like, this wasn't like a, a, a all the president's men situation. Okay, where I was like, wondering. I love the work she's doing out at the Daily Planet. I don't know. I don't know what else although, you were interested in. <laughs> although one thing I didn't know when I was watching the pilot for this show, I guess I just don't know much about the DC universe. Because in my mind, Terry Hatcher is Lois Lane. And I'm sort of like, yeah, she's a journalist, but she's also Terry Hatcher. She's just, like, funny and charming. But, like, this pilot makes it very clear that Lois Lane is the most respected journalist in the oh, world. Oh, yeah, she's Barbara Walters. <laughs> Lois she's Lane Barbara is Walters. Barbara Walters. And so it's, like, there's all these references to Lois Lane being, like, extremely powerful, so respected. No one is a better journalist than Lois than Lois Lane. And yeah. I was like, is that canon? Maybe it's canon. Yeah. I don't know. Who is she played by? Elizabeth Bitsy Tulloch. They call her Bitsy. They call her Bitsy. Her nickname is Bitsy, but her name is Elizabeth Tulloch. But Bitsy <laughs> is included there. And what's funny is that you'd think we would just roll on past that, but there's a reason why her nickname is Bitsy. It is... I can't believe this. It is not from Elizabeth. It's an homage to her grandfather, who was a World War II bomber pilot, who was involved in the 1961 Goldsboro B-52 crash. Do you know what that was? I mean, you well, did, I didn't you know until you put this in here. Tell in North Carolina, yeah. in North Carolina, he was like a, he was a pilot. He was a pilot. He was a World War II bomber pilot. And they were moving nuclear, literally active nuclear bombs somewhere I from point A to point I B, can't. and somewhere between point A and point B, the bomb fell out of the you plane. I, but it didn't blow up. It didn't. Well, that's why we were saved from a mishap. There's a sign there to this day that says we this place was almost where there was this accident. And the sign says nuclear mishap. <laughs> B-52 transporting two nuclear bombs crashed January 1961. Widespread disaster averted. Three crewmen died. It's very sad. Anyway, that was her grandfather. But that's why her name is Bitsy. And she's best known. Her Originally, she was on Grimm. And she even married Grimm. her co-star, which I always find appealing. Mm -hmm. And the and the husband was famous because of the real world. He, or Road Rules, so right? He, was he became an actor because he was on Road Rules. And then they both were on Grimm. Incredible. And then they met on Grimm and got married. <laughs> Crazy! But we have to go back to Superman. Who's playing Superman? His name is Tyler Hoechlin. And I was watching the thing and I was like, why do I know this face? And then I realized I know this face because he plays Tom Hanks' son, in the in Road, Road to, to Perdition. Perdition. Did you actually yeah. recognize him from being a kid in Road to Perdition? Or, or... I actually did. Oh. I was like, he looks he looks just like him. But he's like he better known he for people who'd be watching the CW. For Teen Wolf, but I don't watch Teen, Teen Wolf. Wolf. No, I don't either. But I'm just saying that's where you would know him. And he, he uh, according to him, he was a baseball player and he was offered the Twilight role. Then he turned it down. Not the main Twilight role, the Kellen Lutz Twilight role. And he was like, I don't want to do that. I want to play baseball. And then Richard Linklater was like, you, you're good at baseball? Get in my baseball he's movie. Good and he was like, okay. Everybody wants some. He's cute. Everyone's cute and everybody wants, everybody's he's, cute he's and everybody wants some. So he's playing Superman and he has already, he's already been in, because you know how the CW does those like crossover shows where they introduce new people in these like big events. He was in mm -hmm. like a few episodes of like Super whatever crossword. Yeah, yeah. Supergirl. To, he like, was in Supergirl. Introduce his character, him as Superman, and then they spun it off into Superman and Lois, which I would say is more of like a family. Like it's like a superhero show, but it's more about like the family unit too. The oh, Snoo Superman. Yes, they got these two kids. One's like a nerd. One's a jock. One is David Dobrik, and one is Jake Paul. Like truly, <laughs> <laughs> like truly. That is their dynamic. Truly. And then you find out that one of them is. I don't want to spoil things, but there are some good revelations in the pilot where I was like, okay, this is interesting to me. This is a nice little right. twist because how do you do Superman over and over again? 
And the two kids who's who play next? them oh, are the who's. So they're both kind of like out of like LaGuardia High School, essentially. Like, yeah, that's what their style. deal is. Yeah. Who was their? What was their big thing? They were. They were. Um, one of them was Linus in the Peanuts movie, and the other one was in Little Fires Everywhere. It was Reese Witherspoon's son. My favorite who in this in this show is Wole Parks, who has been in every show. Where it's like when you look at their uh, filmography, and it's like, oh, just like every television show. Yeah. They were in Nine One One as Michael's boyfriend. Michael's boyfriend. That's their cast. Michael's boyfriend because he is gay, so I I stand him. Wole Parks. Uh-huh. He was also in Yellowstone. He's in Yellowstone Forever, the show I'll never watch, but I will watch Undressed. Maybe I recognize him from Undress. That was his first credit. Did you watch Undress when you were growing up? You weren't anyone unless you watched Undress growing up. I started watching Undressed when I, because like, because I, as I've told you before, we didn't get MTV until I was like fully like 13, 14. So like, I felt late to Undressed. And when I started watching it, I was like, what am I missing? What do you mean? It like taught you stuff. <laughs> it was like very informative, Undressed. <laughs> That's all that I'm going to say. I guess I never really like, I could never really get into it. Every time I watched it, I watched it with this sort of like anthropological intrigue. I was like, what's going on here? This undressed show. It was this a sexy show at me. the time. Like it was like, you know, airing at like 11 o'clock. I'm pulling out a steno pad, watching Undress, being like, interesting. I'm very like <laughs> Miranda Cosgrove. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things that we won't get into in a spawn segment, but it definitely was an influential <laughs> series. It was interesting. Oh, the last who that is in this show that we didn't talk about, Emmanuel Shrieky. Well, and Dylan, Wal- uh, Dylan Walsh from Nip Tuck. He's barely... Well, he's he's Lois's dad. I'm more interested in Emmanuel Shrieky. She's Sloan from Entourage. And for the true heads, she was the love interest in On the Line, the rom-com with Lance Bass that true InSync fans stuck around for. I never saw that. Oh, Should it's I have seen that? terrible. Is it like funny bad? No. He was no match for Emmanuel Shrieky. She, right. She made him look bad. <laughs> I'm coming in as a complete noob to the DC Superman universe because, again, my only reference point is Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, starring Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher, and Superman 3, which I don't... The Richard Pryor Superman, which was the only Superman what I watched with any regularity Superman as a kid. With, what about Henry Cavill? I didn't watch those. You didn't watch Henry Cavill as Superman? No, I didn't watch those. I never watched those. Wow. I tell you, the only Superman that I ever watched or cared about How would you not ha- watch Dean Henry Cain, Cavill? And I don't know. His because chest I, is so uh, broad. He's such a good <laughs> Superman. He's a hairy chested Superman. I'm just saying. You're missing out. I'm just saying. We haven't seen we haven't seen this Superman's chest yet, though. This Superman. Yeah, well, I'm waiting. Oh. It better be hairy. I'm joking. No, no judgment. This is a different this is a different world. There's so many Supermans, you know? Mm-hmm. This is a CW um, Superman. Maybe his chest isn't hairy. Yeah, and you can watch Superman tonight because it premieres tonight on the CW. And we hope you enjoyed this spawn segment talking about all these people. Yeah, well now you're fully prepared to watch Superman. I find this entire segment so interesting, <laughs> but let's move on. More relationship news, decidedly less interesting. Teresa Judice. This Judai, is funny who, because it's being reported insane. Do you have you noticed that it's It's being reported everywhere. It's well, okay, but everywhere. it's being reported wrong. The headlines, Wait, okay, because the headlines are saying, oh, they bought a house together. Because He's it's a an investment flipper. property. It's an it's investment. It's an investment property. It's yeah. not like they're, so they're reporting it like yeah. Teresa Judice and her boyfriend buy a house together as he call, as she calls him his, her soulmate. But then you yeah, read so. it, you read one line down and it's like, he's a house flipper. He's an investor. And she went on an investment with him and they're flipping the house. So this guy's name is Luis Ruelas and they've been dating for like, what, four months? Yeah, I mean... Whatever. So I think they I mean, started. He's dating not her lawyer, but it might as well be. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's not her lawyer because at one point, yeah, whatever. So they're dating. He's from New Jersey. He has like sort of this like. Did nebulous... her house sell? Wasn't her house famously on the market for like a hundred years and was such a weird looking house and so expensive? No, actually, Lindsay, it has not sold. It was actually relisted at the end of January of this year. <laughs> That's see, and I bet it's down like millions of dollars. Like that house has been it's... on the market for years. It's the nastiest house, it's by the way. Nasty. In case you forgot, it's like... It's there like... are fake windows all over the place. So Teresa Judice put her house on the market today, and while I've loved watching her make memories there for the last 10 years, I have some thoughts. It's the foyer that looks like a Kris Jenner knockoff for me. It's the chairs with door knockers on the back for me. It's the massive living room with a Buddha in the corner and a TV that's approximately 100 feet away from the couches for me. It's also the massive empty white walls with a tiny little sconce in the living room for me. It's the bathroom mirrors that look like Beauty and the Beast characters for me. It's the sad little balcony above the garage doors for me. Cheers, tree. Hopefully you find the perfect buyer. Um, Sadly, it won't be me because I don't have $2.5 million, but also because the house is ugly. 
it looks like you had a house in mind that you thought was really beautiful, like a castle, and then you were forced to make it in The Sims 2. So you were like very, you were very um, constrained with regards to like the angles and the types of windows and the types of uh, siding and shingles it looks like a sims 2 house it you're looks like, this is the best like i, can I do. no it literally looks like i made it in sims 2 i'm not an architect <laughs> i just put things wherever because i'm like oh they need more windows they need more light there's like columns that don't hold anything up there are columns that do hold stuff up that don't belong there like it is it is a wacky house it's really ugly. It's an ugly, ugly, ugly house. I feel like it's very like housewivesian and just I mean, I guess just suburban where like driveway are too big driveways are too big. You're like, how is the driveway this big? How many cars are you gonna have? Yeah. There's so many there's so much asphalt it's here insane. in your driveway. But what's funny is I think Teresa's trying to make a pivot into doing high end real estate because it totally makes mm-hmm. sense for her. But what's funny, mm-hmm. she can't even sell her old fu- her old fucking house. So how is she gonna sell this new fucking house? You're asking the wrong person. I know. Well, maybe but that's I'm why like, she's dating this guy because he's a businessman. Well, he it says he's a real estate investor and he wants to expand his portfolio and she is acting as the property manager. So she didn't even pay for it. He paid the for it. The thing is, real estate investor, some places call him a businessman, some places call him a real estate investor. Like real estate investor is just something rich people do. It's just like, so funny. There's to really me. no sense of what his job is. Because they keep saying, Oh, they bought this house together. Oh, they bought this house together. It's like, no, it seems like he bought the house, put her name on the thing, so she can be the property manager and they can rent this thing out or whatever before they flip it and sell it. Or just sell it. Yeah. Right. They're definitely flipping houses. That's their that's their But everyone's reporting <laughs> this like these two are moving in together into this ha- mansion. Mm-hmm. They're not Mm-mm, no and the reason in case you're wondering like what are they well, like what's the what's the thing here like why should we believe that this relationship is meant to last well let me tell you something Teresa herself has said they like the same things oh that's that's why their relationship is going to work okay. they like quote the same things which is a problem because as she says she and Joe quote didn't like the same things they yeah, were two opposites that's and true. she says you know when they say opposites attract it did for a little while for like 15 years but now I found my true match my soulmate he's really amazing because hmm, again the they man like the who same met things. you before you run housewives and the man <laughs> that met you after I wonder what it is mm-hmm. that that he did <laughs> not like Yes. Not to make Joe look any better, but it is funny. It they is also met at the Jersey Shore, which is perfect. We met, believe it or not, at the Jersey Shore. Judice <laughs> said an interview I believe with it. Extra TV. Teresa, I believe it. <laughs> I was walking, and that's how I met him, exercising. How could you mistake this woman? <laughs> it's true. Remember when she was a bodybuilder? That was a great time. Yes, that was great. That was great. For so. Us. The um the Us magazine five things to know about him like we were talking about party and it's like oh this that look he wrote for this da, 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 da. like nothing about this guy of course guy. there's He's nothing a about man. him it says he launched his first business at at nineteen what was the business we have no idea he's two years younger than Teresa that's not a fact that doesn't count he lives in New Jersey obviously that's not a fact he's charitable because he's given some money to charity i think they were just pulling stuff from his linkedin and then he has two kids this doesn't help me at all i know nothing about this guy but uh-huh. I, mean, I guess i know a lot because you got to be a certain type of person to date Teresa judice so right that's what i'm saying i guess that's gotta be everything. a real estate investor okay desperately i want to move on but so this story is this is short i have to say though i feel like Lori and michael b jordan are like the new banana in a way like, they're the new banana it's like the same for sure it's like almost the same equation in a way you have like an up-and-coming starlet you have Mm -hmm. a ben affleck type michael but although michael's a lot more yeah but michael's a lot i guess michael's a lot less like tortured than ben in terms Mm -hmm. of like the public guy like michael's squeaky clean in a way anyways younger also the dynamic kind of tracks there yeah they're younger Mm -hmm. so they're dating also like mike also again michael like didn't date people openly right and ben affleck before run through them yeah so this is like this is also why it's so notable that Michael is dating someone not only because she is a who the daughter of Steve Harvey but it's funny because they're in the period of their relationship where they're like we're dating like look at us we're so happy we're so dating and you're like oh what's going on here <laughs> they are dating they're dating so passionately they're dating like so no one much. has ever dated more passionately right that's what worries me it's like they turned up to level 12 they are dating they're like pandemic who we are dating (laughs) you know well like the the photos that they posted on valentine's day were in new york you could sort of see like the street lights of a bridge and it's like oh that's like the manhattan bridge or something behind them and also like disgusting snow like if you look closely you can see like the disgusting piles of dirty old new york snow on the street and they're dressed to the nines she's dressed in like the most beautiful dress like the most beautiful like mirrored sequin dress and it's like 
they look around you. There's a pandemic and like dirty snow and you two look more glamorous than anyone I've seen in I know. Years. That's what I'm saying. It's like <laughs> they drop them there like like they're on the Sims and then they pick them up and move them somewhere else. Well, for the same reason that I kind of respected Ben and Anna, it's like there's something about like aggressive normalcy it was with the escapism two of them. yeah yeah right. and 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 it's sort of like it's truly pandemic who for these two people they like they have up. no idea the pandemic is happening i don't think they broke that i i not only can't believe it i don't believe it we don't have to focus on this i do not believe they're broken up they're gonna get back together i don't know before that movie comes out I they don't are know. i still am in that position okay what happened with Lori? they're dating michael. they're as we said they're dating so 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 loudly michael and again Lori, who michael b jordan them then we have boozy badass boozy is i would argue is a who like you hear him every once in a while but like boozy's a who i'm like boozy's a who he's a rapper so he was saying what he said was essentially i think we need to stop giving the woman the power you know with, with situations like this you know girls keep saying it's goals but we gotta start this is not goals you know what i'm saying we gotta start giving the bachelors, the men who running through a, a beautiful woman like this to credit, who not housing her, running through her. Because most, you know, like Boo, and last time I went to Diddy House, him and Boo was together, you know, like they dogs. So we got to start, you know, I know Laura, beautiful woman, but we got to stop giving the glory to the woman. What about the bachelors? What about this, you know, who, who she not tied to none of them? You know, what about the futures, the Trey Song? who been in through these holes, you know, really bad bitches and vibe. You got to start giving them the critic instead of, instead of Lord. And people are like, you're being sexist. Have you ever heard of feminism? Like, she has agency. Like, how dare you say this? And then instead of apologizing, he was like, he tweeted a video of him, like, very, very loudly not apologizing. And the caption is, fuck y'all, I said what I said. I mean, it's funny because it's like the reason why is because men actually are not denigrated for dating lots of women so mm-hmm. this exactly is a, this is actually wrong in that opinion like well he doesn't understand that and he doesn't really feel like he needs to understand it's like that. why are they mad at men it's like no they're not no mostly men are celebrated for this shit not yes. no one's the people who are mad are the min- minority so i heard that i heard about that after i saw the valentine's day post because a headline took me back i had to do some reverse engineering because the headline was unbothered michael b jordan at michael b jordan proudly posts up with his love Lori amid bitter boosie blabber and i was like of course that's a perfect like alliterative bossip headline but it's like of course they don't care why would they care look at their lives of course, Lori Lori Harvey is unbothered. It is by these still statements. funny to me that her list of dudes that she's dated includes Diddy and Diddy's son. Like that was never cleared mm. up. Like it didn't actually. No, it wasn't. Like for all we know, that's like true. Like that was never denied, which cracks mm-hmm. me up. It's like she dated Diddy and she dated uh, his son. Okay, fine. Great. It's as believable as it is unbelievable. Right. Yeah. But yeah, Tale of Zola's time is like a who, like trying to get attention by talking about thems and them adjacent people, but it's yeah. not working. And Lori Harvey clearly doesn't care because Lori Harvey has other things to worry about, like the Hermes stock that Michael B. Jordan gave her for Valentine's Day. I can't believe he gave her like, stock. It's like, is, which was covered, is it because stocks are like in the news? And it's like, oh, instead of giving her a bag, I'm going to give her stock for the company. Well, like, remember when remember when Kanye gave Kim all that stock and she was like, <laughs> best boyfriend ever or like best husband well, like, ever. That's... And it was like all this stock. I think <sighs> yeah. it's just like a rich person flex. I think it's like. But it's more just funny because it's, it's like supposed to be like, oh, like you know, feminism, like instead of getting your girl like something that she doesn't need, get her something she can use. But it is weird yes. to get, instead of getting something, an Hermes bag, getting an Hermes stock. Get them Apple mm-hmm. stock. You know what I mean? Like that just is the, that is the funniest like translation of that. Do you know what I mean? Well, Lindsay, I mean, I know that you have your objections, but according to Market Watch, which covered Michael B. Jordan giving his girlfriend Hermes stock for Market Valentine's Watch. Day, Hermes, Hermes shares have seen a 5.93% increase this year to date compared to a 2.99% gain for the Dow Jones Industrial Average. So like, it's a smart, it was a smart I mean, business decision on Michael B. Jordan's part. I don't part. know. A really valuable bag could, it could get more valuable than stocks, just saying. A really valuable yeah. bag could raise in value as much as a stock of a of Yeah, the same it bag. wasn't that like a, a, not to mention Jeffree Star, but I actually learned that from a Jeffree Star video. 
Because he has like a million Birkins. Right. And he's like, they appreciate and value a lot. Like few things appreciate and value reliably and these do. I mean, I'm just saying, I don't know about Hermes bags specifically, but I do know that like some expensive stuff does does become valuable for collectors. It is funny to me. Again, it is it is very funny to me. It's very nice that he bought her stock, but he bought her mm-hmm. the stock that is the equivalent of what he would have bought in her as a bag, as like a statement. <laughs> like that just is so mm-hmm. insane. Buy, again, buy her some actual good stock that is like He's smart she put that on her instagram and people are like oh my god that's so romantic sure that's so did. romantic He's the cheesiest motherfucker ever <laughs> i love them now i mean they really did fill the banana void and i love them i like fully love them i get so mad when i see them like flaunting I know, they're their so like cheesy. maskless rich lives like pandemic who and part and i just like can't I can't resist it. Like, I can't be angry at it for some reason. And I, maybe that makes me a hypocrite. But I'm just like, you know what? This makes me feel good. I know. It's definitely like, they're definitely less messy, though, than Banana. Like, they have it more yeah. buttoned up in their situation. These two are pros. Banana, like, has nothing on them. Like, it was charming to see Ben and Anna get uh, Duncan. But, like, there's there's a lot to be said for glamour. I know. Did Ben <laughs> yeah. buy Anna, like, Hermes stock? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. Why does everything have to be a love thing? Think of all the sorrows that love brings. Is it where you really want to go? No, I really don't think so. So moving on, have we? T- this is new nepotism alert. Have we talked about her? Because I feel like I feel like we have, but maybe we haven't. No, Eve Houston. No, because she hasn't come no. up yet. Because well, even if you maybe knew that she was Bono's daughter, I didn't. Because this Netflix movie that she's starring in, Behind Her Eyes, is getting all of this press because. I mean, it's Netflix, but also because it has a WTF ending. It has like a very confusing twist, twisty. Not ending. a WTF ending. That's what a I'm WTF you. ending. So it's like okay. she didn't come up because she was. I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't know she was an actress. I don't even know her name is Eve Hewson. How would I know that was Bono's daughter? Unless her name was Bono's was, daughter, how am I going to know? Oh, it's a show. It's not a movie. It's a six-episode show. Yeah. I'm out. Sorry, for those reasons, I'm out. Sorry. <laughs> I don't have a, time for it's this. It's a show. I, I don't know. I looked up the ending because I was like, just tell me what the twist is. Like, what is it? Like, the dad did it? Like, the sister did it? She did it, but she's in a different, like, whatever. And the twist, mm-hmm. the ending, and if you want to, if you really don't want to hear the ending of this stupid show, skip forward. Skip ahead, like, a couple of minutes, yeah. Okay, the ending is like... She learned how to go into his body via like transference and then she learned and then he went into her body and then they went into someone else's body and then her body was his body and they killed and then she was him. Do you know what I mean? It was very like, what's the Pedro Aldemavar movie uh, in her skin? That movie that the skin I live oh in. Oh, my God fucked up movie the one about the plastic surgeon yeah but it's like about kind of like the changing body like it's got this crazy ending because of like the almost yes train changing identities or whatever but this Mm -hmm. one is like a version of that but stupid it seems like and people were like confused by it because that's why they were tweeting not because they were like wtf because they were like what the fuck just happened i actually don't even realize what happened it was like (laughs) tenant but you know stupider Maybe oh, so it's like Tenet. For that reason, for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> so Eve Hewson, she's Bono's daughter. Bono and who was her mom? Allie Hewson. Okay, so she took her mom's name. Smart, because I don't even know what Bono's last name is. Can you guess Bono's last name? I have it pulled up. Johnson Smith. No, it's Hewson. It's oh. Hewson. Wait, it is. Oh, <laughs> we have to. So she didn't take her mom's because name. when you because when you look up the parents, it goes Bono and and Allie Houston. Allie Houston. Oh, so that's... Like, oh, it's mommy's name because Bono doesn't use his. Oh my god last name sorry like, um, publicly can i just tell you what her real name is her birth name this woman oh no her birth name is is it like a spirit flower memphis it's memphis eve sunny day houston memphis eve sunny day houston it's a beautiful day <laughs> it's a beautiful day was he talking about eve when he said it was a beautiful Maybe. day she was born in 1991 and she's an irish actress who lives in williamsburg brooklyn whoa just around the corner from us and her hmm. father is Bono. And she's been in other stuff too, but this is the first one where I've seen her come up in tabloids. Like she's been in other stuff, but the only thing that was notable for me, it's like, oh, she was in Bridge of Spies. It's like, who remembers Bridge of Spies? I know Tom Hanks starred in it, but that's the, it. The, the only memorable thing about Bridge of Spies was at the end whenever they're on the bridge and you're like, oh, <laughs> when the spies were on the bridge at the end of Bridge of Spies, I was like, iconic. She played Maid Marian in the Robin Hood that no one saw, which of course starred Taron Edgerton, Jamie Foxx, and Jamie Dornan. <laughs> the iconic 
Robin Huge Hood flop, one. yes. But she was in. She's very important to me because she's James Gandolfini's daughter in Enough Said. Oh, she's the like kind of like shitty daughter. She's friends with Tavi. No, she's not friends with Tavi. Uh, Who's friends with Tavi? The other daughter is friends with oh, Tavi. Okay, then I don't remember her at all. Sorry. Dad, I'm going to go get a coffee, okay? Bye. Thank you for lunch. Bye-bye. So nice to meet you. You too. Yeah. Great. Bye. Bye. Be careful. She has a lot of friends. You think they have threesomes? What? Michael, why would you say that? I, I know, but apparently it's what they're doing these days. That's what I heard. Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> I'm afraid that window's closed. There was a window? She's the she's the daughter who's, like, kind of mean, but then she ends up being sweet at the end. Okay. She's Catherine Keener and James Gandolfini's daughter. Well, that's a role. It's a, she's very good in it. That's a she's role. She's very good in it. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying it's just interesting to me that I've never... This is a new nepotism for me. Mm-hmm. Bono. Who knew? Bono's daughter. I had no idea. She went to NYU. Although, Shout out. I'm annoyed that I didn't know this, but I'm not annoyed in the way that, like, everyone's figuring out that Elizabeth Olsen is an Olsen twin sister oh, at the same time. Oh, that's killing me. That's and I don't feel me. like when I see that I'm like, where have you been? But like when I don't know that Eve Hewson is the daughter of Bono, I don't feel like where have I been? I'm not annoyed by, I really at am myself for not very knowing. Curious this. Curious about that phenomenon where people don't know that Elizabeth Olsen is an Olsen twin sister because to me she looks identical to them. So that's one thing. Yeah, me too. And mm-hmm. I don't feel like she hides it. I feel like it's been a lot of what's written about her she's never been famous adjacent so do you think it's that it's like all of a sudden she has this like huge the hugest role she's ever had and that's why i think that's all it is okay fine that's all it is okay that's all it is Mm -hmm. and she's good she's good she deserves it also the nostalgia factor for the olsen twins i think it's like oh my god the olsen twins well it's interesting i think she gave an interview that was like uh she told uh Grazia USA for its digital cover story on her. Elizabeth touched on the way that having a family and entertainment inevitably benefited her, stressing that she did want to earn her own spot in Hollywood regardless of her sister's fame. She said, nepotism is a thing and I'm very aware of it. And of course, I've always wanted to do it alone. But you can't, Hmm. even if you... You can't. That's the point. You can't. You can't choose whether nepotism affects you. It just does. Does that make sense? That makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. Like you can go by Eve Hewson, but people are still going to probably know that you're Bono's daughter. It's funny how a segment about Bono's daughter, Eve Hewson, fizzled. (laughs) Like, are we surprised? I mean, there's nothing else really about her that I know to say. What can you say about Eve? But now I'm thinking about nepotism. (laughs) Because I'm like, sometimes it doesn't work, though. You know what I mean? Like... Yes, it's a foot. Yes, it's a step up. But there's so many like daughters of, sisters of, cousins of, brothers of, relations of that doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't work, but it gives you a, I mean, everything is a chance, you know, like you a chance. Nothing is nothing is a a guaranteed success, but nepotism makes it more of a guarantee, I guess. Sure, sure, sure. Your chances of succeeding are higher. Yeah. But you do have to go through it. Like, like, look at the quali. Look at the quali sisters. Look at the quali. Which one? There are there are a lot of them. Rainy, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head how many Margaret. there are. There are how many there are. I would say only one of them is going to be very famous, and even that I wouldn't guarantee. Margaret, like Margaret, has the best odds. I would say, <laughs> but is it a guarantee? Probably not. Only one. There's only slot for one. Well, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm saying that you're right. I think what people like to say, like, it gets you in the door. It gets you in the door, which can it be, gets you in the door. Which can sometimes it gets you be half the battle. Let's just move on to Rita. What was she wearing? Where was she seen? She posted what on Instagram? She's the Who Queen. Tens of people want to know all about the number one Who. Lizzie Bobby, tell us now. What's Rita Ora up to? Who is this woman? Not doing a whole lot, but she is doing something that I guess like went in Rome. I'm sorry. Went in Australia. She's already done the quarantine. She did two very relevant things to this podcast. She announced she's performing at Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras 2021. And she went on the Drew Barrymore show. Serena Ora, everyone! She's heading up the 2021 Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras in March. Uh, which also includes musical star G Flip and award-winning art pop songwriter Montaigne. I gotta among say, I feel like others. Can I be 
rude and say, do you think Rita Orr is doing this in exchange for citizenship? I think she wants to stay in Australia. She's like... <laughs> yeah, I I think maybe not citizenship, but she's doing it because she wants to stay in Australia. Like, I'm where, just where saying, like, be, the you know? UK is like pissed at her. America doesn't know who she is. She's like, over here, I'm staying. Australia's pissed at her too, but she's already put in the work. But she did two less. weeks in that hotel. Yeah, but she's already, yeah. she's on their shows, so they're going to forgive her, you know? And, you know, their Mardi Gras is actually happening. It's not really happening in New Orleans, so... Congrats to them. Congrats to the gays and lesbians of of Sydney. So she also appeared in a strapless floaty gown in backstage snaps from her appearance on Drew Barrymore's backstage. Chat show. Backstage where? There's no state. She was not anywhere. But import. I think she was at a studio because she was in. I don't think she was at her house when she filmed this Drew Barrymore. But clip, she was I watched the clip and it was kind of weird. The Drew Barrymore studio. No, she called in and did this like weird interview with her, and then Drew Barrymore was like, "I made your sandwich." I made your... Because she made... She was promoting Pr- Prospero Tequila on Drew Barrymore's show. But it show. is funny for her to say, oh, backstage, because she's not backstage anywhere where Drew Barrymore is. Like, define no, stage. No, she's at a different backstage. What you, stage? Right. She's at a different backstage. Right. I'm sure you're going to play a clip of it here, but then Drew Barrymore was like, I also made the sandwich. Shout out to Rich Jezwiak and Jezebel for, like, doing this every single week. Recapping compiling a best Drew of... Recapping Barrymore Drew Barrymore. Show. It's called Drew Weekly, and Rita Ora made the headline. Drew Barrymore makes a Rita, makes Rita Ora specialty a banana and hot sauce sandwich, and Drew like eats it. And she's like, she doesn't really say whether or not she loves it or not, but she does take a bite. I made what I understand is a sandwich you like, banana with like hot sauce. Bob, oh my god. Okay, so the story behind this is that I was on tour. And when you're on tour, you've got to kind of just make it work, especially when you're starting out. You don't have the luxury of eating anything. So bananas and bread and Tabasco were sort of my go-to because one, it was cheap. And two, I have a very sort of salt sweet tooth. So that was my way of mixing it together. You might not like it. Oh no. I was so intrigued by this combination of like hot sauce, banana, and white bread, which everything tastes good on white bread. So I had to try it, and I thought it would pair well with the Rita Margarita. Okay, show me how to make this. I'm sorry, it's bread, banana, and hot and sauce. And hot sauce. Oh, that's like sauce. making my mouth be like. Actually, like, it sounds kind of good to me. I don't. I'm in. Think, I'm in I want to try it. I don't know if that sounds good to me. I have bread and hot sauce and banana. Maybe I'll do that okay. today. It's charming, I suppose. It's relatable. She loves to be relatable. Well, shall we try? I mean, I would love to try. Okay, cheers I to the Rita Margarita. Here we go. Thanks, Drew. Mm. Ooh, ooh, yes. Mm, mm, mm. You like? Ah, I'm so happy we did it. And we are finished with today's episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who Weekly. Call in at 619-WHO-THEM to leave questions, comments, and concerns. Support us on patreon.com slash whoweekly for twice weekly bonus episodes. Uh, what are we talking about this week? Oh, we're talking about Priyanka Chopra and Cecily Tyson's memoirs. Sometimes we read memoirs and talk about them. Sometimes but we, we do all read. sorts of things. Sometimes Some of us just like to read, as Lady Gaga mm-hmm. says. Uh, oh, rate and reviews on Apple Podcasts, please. We love your reviews. Thanks to Katie and Eric of The Who's for the Rita theme song. And uh, we'll see you on Friday with another episode of Who's There, a weekly call-in show. Have a great one. Bye. You will say that. Today's episode of Who Weekly was brought to you by The CW. Watch new episodes of Superman and Lois on Tuesdays at 9, 8 central or stream free next day on The CW app.